Are you ready for the Word of God? Amen. A lot of announcements this morning. I apologize for that, but sometimes we can't help that. But I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, or turn to your Bible app, should I say. As you've already heard me talk about, we're preparing to come next week to bring an offering for heart for the house. That's exactly what it means. It's having a heart for God's house and taking what God has blessed us with. Someone's blessed us before. And we have a responsibility to be a blessing to others. And so I want to talk to you about that because I want to prepare you today there are some powerful principles, powerful principles in the Word of God. And how many of you know they only work if you work them? Amen. The Bible is full of spiritual principles. And if we would heed to them, and if we would live by them, I promise you every one of them work. Not only that, they don't just, it's not just a physical principle, it is a spiritual principle how many know we serve a spiritual god how many know the spiritual is more powerful than the physical god spoke into existence and so you have to realize there are some spiritual principles don't turn me off but i'm gonna tell you the reason some of you if you're gonna turn me off they're not working for you because you're not listening amen i want you blessed as your pastor, I want you blessed. Anybody want to be blessed? I mean, in every way. Nobody wants to be blessed. Nobody raising their hands in here. Okay. Well, I'm going to raise mine because y'all can do what y'all want to. I want to be blessed, and I am blessed. I get exciting living in the blessings of God. And I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about health. I'm talking about family. Amen. I'm talking about clarity, a good mind. Right? The enemy would like to eat your mind up, man. Blessed in every way. But I'm going to give you some financial principles that are in the Bible. How do you know the Bible talks more about money almost than anything else? Because he knew it would be an issue with our heart. Where your treasure is, he said, that's where your heart's going to be. Now, so that depends on where you put your treasure. Because you're going to follow it. Wherever it's at, you're going to follow your treasure. I mean, some of you checking your bank account right now, like making sure I got enough money to eat after church. You follow your treasure. If you got investments, you follow. I mean, and a good steward should, right? There's nothing wrong with that. You, you, God wants you to be a good manager of what he's given you. But I want to read some principles here. Look at Luke chapter 16, and we're going to start with verse 9. And I have taught on this many times. Probably a couple years ago I taught on this because these principles never change and we need to hear it again. And some of you knew you've never heard this, but it says, Jesus said, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is, y'all get with me, who, he who is faithful in what is is also, is faithful also. Y'all see that principle right there. 
Let's read it again because I want to make sure you don't miss some of the principles. He who is in and he who is therefore if you've not been faithful in this unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust the true riches and if you've not been faithful in what is another man's who will give you what is your own notice no servant can serve two masters for either he'll hate the one and love the other or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot, everybody say, you cannot. You cannot serve God and mammon. I don't see any leeway in there. Anybody else? He didn't say, well, this may be. He said, you can't. It's impossible to serve God and mammon. And then it says, now the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard all these things and they derided him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your heart for what is highly esteemed among men <laughs> in the sight of God. Well, we could say that right now, just looking at our world, what's important to men, what they're doing. I will say no more. Let me say this, and this is in your notes. Our attitude towards money indicates either our submission to God's lordship in our life or your rebellion against God's lordship. This is so powerful, I don't want you to miss it. When it comes to resources and finance, I'm going to tell you, it ha God, again, he, he knows where, where, where the treasure is. That's where your heart's going to be. So why does he deal with this so much in the Bible? Because he knew it would be a struggle. And I'm not up here, I'm not a get rich preacher or, you know, I, I, don't do, I don't believe in all that stuff or get, you know, give and, you know, all of a sudden you're going to get, you know, I mean, that's not what I preach. No, I preach the blessings of God in your life. God will make a way, not make you rich. Amen. I just said a whole lot right there. Jesus is teaching us that our willingness to bring money under control is necessary. Listen, it's necessary for your spiritual development. Woo. You can be practicing a lot of other things in your life, but not have this area right in your heart. Or let it get out of balance. How I many, you know, like we slip from it. And I, I just came to remind you today, and the Lord sent you to hear this message. And maybe if it's your first time, you're like, well, just like every preacher, they're going to preach on money when I walk through the door. <laughs> no, I'm preaching this because I want you blessed. You have to understand the word, all of the word of God is for us. It's all good for correction and reproof in our lives. And we can't just throw out this part of the Bible because you're struggling because of a reason. Amen. Boy, I'm going to get off my nose. Let me get back to him. See, we are either controlling money or money is controlling us. Now, let's look at this word mammon, okay? 
It's not a word we use in our lives on every day. Hey, if I could just get some mammon. Anybody know, anybody got some mammon? You know, I mean, we don't use that word. So I want to explain it. It actually appears four times in scripture. It, it appears three times in Luke, one time in Matthew chapter six. And it says that it's the same thing. It says, no man can serve two masters. You either hate the one or love the other or be loyal to the one, despise the other. But what we need to figure out today is what is mammon? Most people think that mammon is money. So I'm going to answer some questions. The first question is, what is mammon? Well, I'll tell you what mammon is. Mammon is a spirit. Mammon is an Aramaic word which means riches. That's where we get the word. But it's not what Jesus is referring to and just riches in itself. Mammon was actually a Syrian god called the God of Riches, which came from Babylon. If you've ever been, uh, grew up in uh, Sunday school, you, you may have heard the Tower of Babel and read about how they tried to be, uh, build a, a tower to God. I mean, that's where we get Babylon from. So where did the city of Babylon come from? From the Tower of Babel. And that word Babel means confusion. You ever had anybody just Babylon? So confusing. They said, I mean, talk to you for 10 minutes, and I'm like, what did they just say? <laughs> Nobody's going to talk to me no more. He's going to think I'm babbling. But that word Babylon means sown in confusion. Stay with me, okay? I'm going somewhere. That's what the world is. The world has been sown in confusion. Why do you think we see so much confusion now, especially when it comes to around finances and resources and debt. Do you think all this is just happening? No, this is biblical because the world is sown in confusion. And if you remember the Tower of Babel, it was a powerful, prideful, arrogant spirit that did not need God. That's what was happening. Matter of fact, they were going to build this tower to heaven to get to heaven on their own. And that's the spirit of Babel. It's the spirit of mammon. And so here's what the spirit of mammon says. It says, you don't need God. You need money. See, some of we, we, we done lost like there's spirits. Yeah, absolutely. You're a spirit. Your body's going to pass away, but your soul is going to live on forever, folks. There is a spirit in working in this world. Do y'all realize that? So the, the mammon tries to replace God with things, and that's what the spirit does. Now, remember, we're not talking about money. We're talking about the spirit that rests on money. See, some of you are learning something right now. Well, I just thought it was a piece of paper. No, there's, there's a spirit that rests on money. And you may have never heard this before, but all money has a spirit on it. It either has a spirit of man on it or it has the spirit of God on it. That's why your money needs to be redeemed. It needs to be redeemed from the spirit of the world. The only way to redeem your money, the Bible talks about, is to bring the first portion unto God. It's going to get quiet in here, but y'all listening. I don't just preach this. I live this. I'm not talking about specifically in tithing today, but that's what it means. God is a God of first things. 
People go figure out all kinds of ways to distort God's plan and God's principles. But all the way from the beginning, God said, I want the first one. That's my tree right there. Don't touch it. Started from the very beginning, folks. And then I want the firstborn. I want the first fruit. Are you hearing what, what I'm saying? Because God wanted to know that he's first in man's life. People sometimes miss the whole principle of tithing and get lost in the new covenant. No, the principle never changed. Murder, murder's still wrong. Adultery's still wrong from the Old Testament and New Testament. Anybody? There, there's principles that continue that God, because he wants to be first place. He won't take any other place in your life. And one of the greatest things that you can do to show that he's first place is bring the first of what he's given to you. And it needs to be redeemed. Amen? Because the rest of your, look, I would rather have God's blessing on the ninety than the curse on it. Anybody else? I want my money redeemed. Hello? Amen. We're going to get through this. I pray God speaks to you, delivers you this morning. Amen. Is there anybody in the house that practices this, this with me? I know there is because y'all giving. How many of you can stand up and give a testimony how good God has been to you in your life? I mean, you think things are going bad, but when's the last time you went without? The fact that you live in the United States of America makes you a rich person. Amen. Let me get back to it, Lord. <laughs> but we need God to redeem that first portion. That's why, according to Malachi, it multiplies and it cannot be devoured, the scripture says, by the devourer because you've actually put the Spirit of God on your resources. That's right. You can, I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God and the anointing is on anything, it's powerful. God performs miracles when the Spirit of God is on your life. God, when the Spirit of the Lord rests on, on even today, I'm feeling the anointing right now, even though I feel like I'm all by myself up here. I feel the anointing of God. I'm going to tell you because that's, God anoints the words to come out of my mouth to speak directly into your heart to say, hello, I'm trying to say something to you. And when the Spirit of God rests on something, that's when God begins to bless it. That's when miracles happen. That's when doors open. That's when favor comes because you walk in there all confident. No, no, I've given it to God. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing my God can't do. That's when marriages are healed. That's when children come home. That's when people are healed from cancer. Uh, anybody hear what I'm saying? The Spirit of God has to rest upon your life. It's not just come, oh, I want to do my little church thing, my little religious folk thing and go home. Oh, I did it. I feel good. I feel better. No, you got to walk in the authority that God has given you because you got an enemy that's fighting you for your joy, fighting you to kind of bring you down. Boy, that's, this message is going all over the place. Thank you, Jesus. Man, the thing you need to remember about the spirit of mammon is, is mammon promises you everything but it'll give you nothing. Mammon is a liar. Matter of fact, mammon promises, promises you only what God can give you. Remember, Jesus said, you cannot serve, worship, love, honor God and mammon at the same time. You can't do it because mammon, let me tell you something. Mammon is looking for servants. Mammon will promise you security. 
I mean, have you ever had mammon speak to you and say, well, I just wish I had enough money to be secure for the rest of my life. Don't be lying now. If I just had enough money, I wouldn't have to worry about, I wouldn't have no, I wouldn't have all these problems. I would be secure. I mean, think about it as if money is going to make you secure. It's a lie. Mammon promises you significance. Mammon promises you power and influence and even freedom and independence. Mammon promises you even peace and love and joy. But you can only get these things from God. But Mammon says you can only get them from me. Mammon is a liar. Look at Luke uh, 9, 13. He says he will hate the one and he will love the other or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. See, there are many believers, and I know because I've felt this, I've heard this before, but there are many believers who despise God over finances. They get mad, they get angry at God. Why? Because if you despise one, it's because you've been loyal to the other one. Stay with me. Many of us have served and been loyal to mammon. Then when our needs don't get met, Things don't go the way mammon promised that it was going to go in my life. You know what happens? We end up, even as Christians, despising God. Think about it. Jesus says you can't serve both, and many of us in our hearts unknowingly, I said unknowingly, grew up this way learning to serve money. And then when we serve mammon and we get disappointed and, you know, as long as all the, the finances are coming in, it's all good. It's all glory. It's all gravy. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You walking in the church giving high fives. It's all good. Praise God. But then when God doesn't come through, Something else about mammon that may shock you. And again, I've taught, I taught this two years ago. I, I've taught it throughout the year. I've taught this message for the last 12, 13 years. But it needs to be taught again. See, mammon is also the spirit of the Antichrist. We don't hear, ooh, we don't hear much about that. You better hear about it now because we're getting closer and closer. The book of Revelations talk about the Antichrist is going to come. He's going to be a, a peacemaker. He's going to look like he has all the answers. But, but the mammon is the spirit of the Antichrist because the spirit of the Antichrist does not rule through the threat of war. Revelation tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist rules through the threat of not being able to buy and sell. Think about it. I mean, think about where we are right now. We're moving more and more to a cashless society. People say, well, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Read your Bible. It's pretty cool. Pretty awesome when you open it up. I mean, you want to understand it all. I mean, I, I've preached on the book of Revelations before, and every time I preach and study the book of Revelations, I learn, I learn so much and get understanding, especially as the time goes. Then you see the, like the writing on the wall. You're like, oh, aha, wow, this is amazing. My God, I'm serving you, Jesus. Woo. Woo! Not out of fear, because I'm, I, man, I'm excited about the coming of the Lord. I'm ready to be out of here. Anybody else? I'm ready to live where there's no more pain or sickness or hatred or bitterness or fighting or dividing. I'm ready to be in his arms. But while I'm here, I got a purpose to teach you the word of God. Amen. <laughs> but mammon will lie. 
Mammon says you won't be able to provide for your family without me. You won't be able to buy or sell without me. Mammon says I am the answer to all your problems. But think about this. And we've bought into this lie of Satan. Many times we thought, you know what? I either, I need one or two things to happen in my life. I either need God to come through for me or I need somebody to write me a check. Win the lottery. Boy, I've heard that one. I, boy, I've had people come up to me, Pastor, when I win the lottery, if I win the lottery, I'm going to tithe. I'm like, you ain't tithing now. And if you win the lottery, you better go ahead and tie because we got to redeem that money. I'm going to do all kinds. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Woo. Uh, but this is what mammon does. It tries to compare himself to God because mammon wants to be your God. Jesus never told anybody that the answer to your problems is more money. Not one place. I mean, not one blind person, not one sick person, not one leper, not, pro, not one prostitute. Never did Jesus come to somebody and someone cry out to him and say, God, help me. And he turned around and he said, you know what you need? You need more money. <laughs> not one time. Not one time. Another thing about mammon, and again, I, I said this a little bit earlier, but mammon is a liar. It's very subtle, too. I mean, it'll lie to you. Mammon says, if you'll serve me, get this, if you serve me, you'll be able to help more people. You'll be a, you'll be a blessing. If you had more money, you could help more people. You know, if I won that lottery, you could help more people. We ought to be helping people now. I remember early in the ministry, uh, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial, and, and, and Debbie and I, we... Dad and mom have taught us to, to do, try to be a good steward and invest and do all kinds of things. And we have all kinds of interest even outside the church. We know that this here is our purpose. But we also have other passions and want to provide for our family even outside of the church. You know, I mean, you, believe it or not, we started this church. We had nothing. Nobody ever appreciates, I think, sometimes the foundation of the church when a man and woman came out here in faith and had nobody, started it in their living room, no income for the first five to seven years. That's tough. Amen, somebody? And the very first offering of this church, guess where it went? To missions. Anyway. Anyway, but I had an opportunity. Early in my ministry, someone came to me and said, you know what, Pastor? Uh, man, you, you can use the gift that God's given you, that gift of communication, and, and, and boy, God's going to bless you. You can help a lot of people. And I'm like, really? Hmm. And make a lot of money at the same time. You know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah. Boy, that sounds good. You know, I, th I can do that. I mean, I remember I was like, I mean, I went to classes and went, set in on some conventions. And yeah, this is going to be good. Then the Spirit of God came knocking said, I didn't give you that gift so that you could make more money and be lied to that it's going to help a lot of people. I gave you that gift so that you could use it for an eternal purpose to get people out of hell and get them into heaven. And God blessed me anyway. Amen, somebody. So I, 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 that spirit of mammon will talk to you. Hello, somebody. <laughs> 
Second question, is money evil? Is money evil? Absolutely not. It's neutral. Money is neutral. It's neither bad nor good. Now, I don't want you to think, well, pastor wants us all to be broke and poor. Absolutely not, because we couldn't do anything. The Bible says that money, doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money. The love of money, the worship of money, the honoring, the greed, the covetousness, the selfishness are the roots of all evil. Money is just a tool. I mean, when you need to dig a a hole in the ground, you got a shovel, hopefully in, in the garage. It's just a tool to help you achieve what needs to happen. And it can be used for good or bad. How many know you can use that shovel for good or bad? Amen. It can be used for eternal purposes or temporary purposes. It's not money that's evil. Look at uh, Luke 16, verse 9. He says, I say to you, and I want to explain this because this is very confusing for a lot of people. He said, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. So at first that can be confusing what he's saying because you think he's saying use your money to get friends. Help people with your money, and when you're short, they'll, they'll help you. But that's not what he's saying here. The key word that you need to recognize is the word fail. Because when you look that word up in the Greek, it means to, to die or to pass away physically. So that makes a whole world of difference now when you read the scripture. Uh, he's saying that you take that mammon, that unrighteous mammon, the money that's been submitted to the world, and I want you to submit it to me, And he's saying, then I want you to lay up your treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust can corrupt, that thieves can come and break and steal and use your money to bring into the people into the kingdom of God. And that one day they're going to welcome you into heaven. He's saying, take this unrighteous mammon that when you pass away, what he's saying is one day there are going to be people that got saved because you gave to ministry that was preaching the gospel. Listen to me. You're going to take what was unrighteous, put the spirit of God on it. And because when you gave it, how many know, and you've heard me say this, every time you give, people get saved. I don't know of anything more powerful in the world. Walmart won't do that. Amazon won't do that. What am I missing? When you give into the kingdom of God, though, it cannot be destroyed or taken or devoured. There is a spiritual transaction that takes place, folks, and actual lives get saved. See, people don't, have never been in depth, and well, I didn't realize that my giving does that. And it's not even the amount you give. It's about the heart, folks. This is not about, well, I believe in tithing, I don't believe in tithing. No, this is about generosity and the principle in the word of God that he's trying to get sown into your heart so you don't get stuck on all that stuff. Hey, man. Hey, man, me mom, I feel better. Dad said good preaching. That's all I needed right there. I just needed that right there. See, let me tell you something. The only reason I can preach this to you is because of pra- I've practiced it personally, and we practice this as a church. <clears throat> Whether you're aware or not, we give thousands of dollars away, not only at heart for the house time, you don't realize we, 
We give, we help people with thousands of dollars that you give, and it goes into things that need to get done around here. In other words, we're trying to kind of continue the legacy. We're about to celebrate 49 years of ministry in February, folks, and that don't just happen. But we give to missions, we give to uh, uh, local, um, uh, some of our local groups that are helping even the homeless in the area. We've brought them here at Christmas time, handed them thousands of dollars of checks. We've helped children that don't have parents or their parents are going through a tough time. We've helped ministries helping them. Every year we sow, uh, because I don't, I'm not just gonna take, take, take. We have to sow into our community and the people around us, amen? And I'm so thankful that I can provide even a, a single parent at Christmas time that may have had a tough time, went through a divorce or whatever, can't really provide Christmas for their kids. I'm so glad we can put a Christmas tree in their living room and provide clothes and shoes and gifts and, and be a blessing to them, amen? Because hopefully some, if you're on the receiving end, hopefully you're going to learn to give back too. You may have been on the receiving end before, but now God's saying, it's your turn. Can you imagine getting to heaven and people come up to you you don't even know and embrace you and say, thank you. Because of your faithfulness, because of your generosity, I heard the gospel. And sometimes the gospel is not from a pulpit. The gospel is through someone loving on them. Sometimes the gospel is, hey, I know you're going through a tough time. Let me help you out. I mean, I'm, I don't brag about this. I don't say anything. I, I, I rarely say this from the pulpit, but I always carry some extra cash. Because I'm like, I mean, and, and here's one practice I've always had. When someone hands me money, like somebody will hand me a $100 bill or a $50 bill, uh, or maybe I got it as a gift, a birthday gift, I don't spend it. I have a practice that I've made it personal for me, and you can do it for yourself. I'm like, okay, I, I was a gift. And I want to gift that to somebody else. And so there's times when I hear of a need, I, I run into somebody or the spirit of the Lord prompts me, I pull out my wallet and I hand them that hundred dollar bill. Maybe and I've had people come back and say, but I was on E. I had no money. And I'm not saying that to brag at all. I'm telling you, God wants to give you a heart of generosity. Now, everybody going to be coming up to me saying, I think I need some gas money today, Pastor. I think I'm a little hungry. I need some little salt grass after church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all good? I'm just teaching the Bible right now. I'm not, I'm not preaching no Holy Ghost, you know, message and getting y'all jumping and shouting, but I'm giving you some good food right now. Luke chapter 16, verse 11 says, therefore, if you have not been faithful, everybody say, have not. Have not. Want that to settle. Because God's talking to somebody. If you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who in the world is going to commit to you true riches? If you've not been faithful in the resources and the money that you've been given and haven't redeemed that money, who in the world is going to commit to your trust true riches? 
What are true riches? Well, you've heard me talk about this before. You know what true riches really are? True riches are people. True riches are the people that God has put in your life, your family, your friends, your church family. I mean, that's, that's the importance of even a, a good getting planted in the house of God and having a good church family around you. I'm, I mean, I would rather be rich in relationships than rich in money because you can be rich in money and be a miserable person. But if you're rich in relationships, I'll show you somebody that has lived a full life. I want you to remember these three words. People last forever. Let that settle. People, come on, say it with me. People How many times have you heard it said, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? Because there's nothing in this world going with you. The only thing that's going to the other world, to that eternal place with you, will be other souls. Because souls last forever. And, you know, as a pastor, when I think about this verse, when I read this, I, I'm going to tell you, I commit a lot of responsibility to, to other people here at the church. And um, we have a lot of great staff members and leaders that are here that have worked, that work with Debbie and I. And some are on full-time staff. Some are volunteering. And uh, I commit responsibilities to them. There's a whole lot of people that help around here. But as a pastor, you know, I have to give them responsibility for other people. And this scripture says, if you haven't been faithful in your resources, your money, how can you even be trusted with true riches? Amen. I'm going to teach you a little bit, okay? Why in the world then as a pastor would I commit responsibility to somebody who can't even steward their own money? That's good. Amen. Now I sound like a father. You ever taught your kids some stuff like that? Again, I'm not trying to belittle you. I'm just saying, you know, I've had a lot of people say, I want to be in ministry. And the first thing I do, you know what I do? If the people that have been here maybe a while and they're, you know, we're trying to train them in leadership and, and now there's a role open. Well, before we even take that next level, the first thing I say is, we'll check their giving. I don't go down and check y'all's giving all the time. Don't think, oh, he knows, boy, he knows and he don't know. I don't, I don't. It's only when it comes to people, I know that I'm about to put people in their hands. And one day, the Bible says as a shepherd, I'm going to stand before God and give an accountability. And see, I've made that mistake before. Well, I really like them. Boy, they're really good. Boy, they really had charisma. They're great with people. And, 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 and like didn't even check that part of, of, of their life. And then I put them in that position and I regretted it later on because it just turned out bad. Because you know what? Until you get that part right, there's no way that you should be stewarding people. Come on, that's good teaching right there. We want, how many of you want somebody that's fully committed leading this church? You don't want a pastor up here who's not fully committed. I'm telling you, I'm fully committed. I'm fully invested with my whole life. If it takes everything I got, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to fulfill my purpose. Why? Because your true riches. I care more about your soul than anything else. Because I'm going to tell you, I didn't want to be a preacher. I rebelled against preaching. I rebelled being a PK. 
I grew up in this glass house and everybody judged me and oh yeah. Uh -huh, I heard, I know that boy. <laughs> then lies start, you know. And then the lie just grow, grows bigger and everybody believes the lies. You know what I'm saying? Like, my God, where'd you hear that? Like, th those church people are horrible. <laughs> now, I can't, uh, I, I didn't always have it all good. I can tell you, I, I was, I, you know. But I, told, I, I was like, I'm never going to do what, I'm, I, Dad, that's your thing. That's, man, I'm so thankful I got a dad and mom. They're committed to the work of God. And boy, Dad has always been my favorite preacher. And Dad gets up, he's a passionate, heartfelt preacher. And he just preached from his soul. And I'd come through, you know, every Sunday night, it was pray through, you know, revival night. Every Sunday night after coming home, you know, Friday night from partying and all that, Sunday night, my wore out. I'd come to church and I'd sit in the back row and Dad would preach this message. And I'd just cry like a baby and crawl my way to the altar. And get saved all over again. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful. And I, but I told God, that's not for me. I can never do that. I'm not good enough. I can never. But I didn't understand when God has a purpose on your life. So I'm not up here for the money. I'm not up here because I desired it. I'm up here because God called me to do it. And now I love it because it's more important than, to me than anything else in the world. And I'm going to tell you something. God has put me responsible for even the steward, the resources of this church. And I'm going to tell you, that's why we're even debt-free right now as I speak, hello, because there's been good stewards over the resources. So I want you to know that we want to put it towards the right thing. Amen. Man, I see, see, that makes me sleep good at night, knowing that I ain't got no bank over my shoulder. Nobody coming after me. Lord, thank you, Jesus. See, God will bless everything that you redeem. Oh, I got to finish up. Last one. So what should I do with money? I know what mammon is now. I know that it has a, it's a spirit. And I know that that spirit tries to get me to replace God. I understand that money is not evil, so what should I do with this money? It was very simple. Be a good steward and give generously. You say, well, that's, that's it? Yep. I have people say, well, I'm just broke, you know. I, I can't do it. But what about the steward part? Have, it's not just giving part, it's the steward part. I know some of you might be thinking, well, pastor, I have so little of this unrighteous mammon to even be concerned with this message. Like, I can't wait till it's over. <laughs> I gotta get home. I don't even I don't know what he's talking about. But let me lovingly say, and you never will have enough. If that's your attitude, you never will. Ready for a scripture? Luke 16, 10. Y'all read it with me. He. Woo, stop. What, 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 what? Don't let it just glide over in your mind. Here's the principle. He who is. is faithful and he who is how many know God is the wisest person spirit in the world 
His, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Who's speaking this? Jesus, God in the flesh, folks. And do you realize that the little you may have is a test? God's testing you with a little. And if you're faithful with a little, he says, I'll give you more. And Jesus says, if you're unfaithful with a, with a little, it's pretty plain and simple. I won't give you no more. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, well, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Well, let me explain that from a kingdom principle. The good stewards get more. The bad stewards don't get no more. Because God has all the resources, folks. You say, well, I don't see how. I'm going to tell you right now. It blows my mind of opportunities and things that come my way that I wasn't even expecting. Every year, God provides something. I'm like, I had no idea. And even when the economy's down or there's inflation is high, when you're working in God's economy, folks, it's amazing. You won't worry. You won't fret. God will open up another door. He'll take something that's gone down and bring it way up over here and, open, and double what you had. I've seen it happen. God has all the resources, and he's trying to get the resources to hurting people. And he said, if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, remember that? Another man's, who's the other man? He's talking about himself. If you've not been faithful in what is his, who will give you what is your own? He's implying here the principle that God owns it all. And if you've not been faithful with what doesn't even belong to you, how could God ever give you your own? It's not how much it is. It's whose it is. It's not how much you have. It's understanding that it was never yours in the first place. Thank you, God, that you gave me a job. Thank you, God, that you gave me the mind and the skill set and the resources. Oh, yeah, I had to steward myself. It's not just going to fall in my lap. I have to do my due diligence. But God says, keep taking those steps of faith. Good stewardship and generosity go together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, and I, I've used this visual many years. Let's just say God's over here. Here's God. God owns it all. That's what the Bible says. He has all the resources. He has everything that is needed to go over here and meet the need. This represents where the gospel needs to be preached. This represents feeding people or physical things that we may help them with. This represents the spiritual drought in our nation that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So God's the resource. He's over there, and he's got the need over here. How many know that God uses stewards? God's looking for a steward to take the resource when God blesses you to get it to the need. But what a lot of people do is God will bless us a little bit. 
And it stops right here. I need that. I, I, what do you think God does? Well, I'm going to bless them again. Stops right here. But then God says, you know, I think I'm going to move on down the line. And God blesses the next person. And that person realizes I have a responsibility as a steward to get this resource, this gospel. I have a responsibility to get it to the need. I know this is a simple illustration, but sometimes we lose sight. So what do you think God does over here? I mean, have you ever read about the good stewards in the Bible? Have you ever read how, what God did in those stories? I mean, he took and gave what the guy that had the least that went and buried the talent and gave it to the guy that channeled it. So that's exactly, God says, okay, I'm searching to and fro, looking for that person. And God finds that person that says, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. And I realize that I'm blessed to be a blessing. And I have a, good, a responsibility to help the need. So he uses a good steward. And when he does that, guess what God does? God's over here going, you know what? I'm going to give him a little more. I'm going to keep blessing him a little more. New opportunity, new ideas, new creativity. I mean, wake up in the morning, all of a sudden God gives you an idea for a business. Don't think that is happenstance. At the right time, God knows where you live, knows where we are at in the world, and God will give you a fresh idea that will break out and provide for your family. I'm telling you. God's looking for the good steward that'll break the spirit of mammon that's been all over your life. Say, I'm not going to live. I can't serve mammon. I got to serve God in Jesus' name. That help anybody today? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you for your word, God. Some of us just need to be taught. We just need to be taught. And guess what? I'm not done. Come back next week. I'm going to teach some more. But here's what I do want you to do. I want you to open your heart today and allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. About if you've not been that good steward, about letting God speak into your heart. It's not about the amount, it's about the sacrifice. I'll be honest, every every year we do heart for the house. I want to go first. Because I feel like Debbie and I have a responsibility. It's, you know what? We're going, we're going to step out first because we're going to do what we preach, you know? And I've had times where I've been sitting on that front row over there, there in worship. And I've told this story many times. It's happened actually more than once. I'm sitting there and I think I know what I'm going to give to the heart for the house. I think I know. I'm like, oh, that's, that's good. I can do that. I can get, I'm feeling comfortable about it. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God goes, nope, that ain't it. Shut up, devil. I need you to give X amount. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to have to move some things around for that one. What do you mean? I had plans for that. But God, you know, you know we, had, we were going to do this. <laughs> yeah, but now it's a sacrifice.
That's given. We've done some, I've done some personal and pretty extreme things because God, we're like, God, we just want to see debt free. We just want to see lives saved. We don't want to be bound to anything or anybody, God. We, we want to be freely to give. And I'm going to tell you, God has blessed us a hundredfold over and over again every time we stepped out and sowed that seed of sacrifice into the ministry. You know why? Because you're storing up your treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrupt and thieves can't break in and steal. I'm going to tell you, you rebuke the devourer off of your resources. Because he'll eat them up, I promise you. You'll be like, I got paid, I got paid today. And then all of a sudden everything happens and it's like, whoa, I got paid. But God has a way. So I want you to come next week ready. I want you to take it seriously. Get your kids involved. You want to teach your kids a powerful lesson? Teach them, hey, we're going to give to help someone else. We're going to give because we're going to continue the ministry at this church and the legacy that it's building. There's a legacy going on here. There's generational uh, blessings passing on from one to another. Some of you have been here for 30 plus years and you've seen it go to your kids and your grandkids. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Lastly, everybody bow your head. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you've walked away. I want to give you an opportunity today. God went to the cross for you because he loved you so much. He's wooing you right now. Some of you are feeling the presence of God tug on you. That's the Holy Spirit. And today, you've come here. It's not by accident. It's not by accident. He put you at this time, this place, December the 5th, in this church to make a fresh commitment. And if that's you here today and you're ready to make, take that step, I don't want to embarrass anybody. That's why I want every head bowed, if you don't mind. But if you're here today and you want to be included in this final prayer, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for being bold. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else in the room? I'm ready. I'm ready to take that step. Amen. Everybody pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for all of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior from this day forward in Jesus name in Jesus name I'm never looking back I'm never looking back everybody say never 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 in Jesus name a big amen God bless you today amen give them a hand clap this morning I love you church don't forget about Wednesday night we have Bible study here at the table come bring your family We'd love to have you. Have a great week. If you're a guest, come by our VIP if you have an opportunity. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory.